to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. Thanks so much for joining us for today's podcast. We've got a special guest who I've known for a long, long time. Ed Harden is currently the president of Capital National Bank. He has a background in sales, especially uh, with the health-related field like no one I, no one you can imagine. Clearing health plan, also worked with Priority Health and Physicians Health Plan. And we wanted to get Ed on to talk about the media and its relationship to business and maybe the healthcare field. Ed also, and we won't hold this against him, is a, a graduate and a proud alumni in University of Wisconsin. How are you, buddy? <laughs> Doing well. Doing well. That's okay. I still got, you know, green underwear on. Go green. Yeah, but I know you, you're pretty fired up, and uh, we got a big game on uh, Saturday. Game you know? yeah. huh? I think there might be a few people paying attention. Uh, I think so. I noticed that they've uh, moved the time back uh, about a half an hour, and ESPN and Fox both have their... Um, their college uh, game days coming uh, so is it here. So noon or twelve thirty? Twelve thirty now. Oh, okay. It's, it's at twelve thirty okay. now. So um, it it's it's going to be great. And I've been hoping that they would both be undefeated just to give them Absolutely. a little bit more juice. You know. Absolutely. So it's 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 going to be a big time game. So how are you? I'm good. All right. Tell us about Capital National Bank. Um, you know, the as everybody knows, the last few years have been a little bit challenging. Uh, I talk to business owners every day about their issues, what they're looking for, where they can use help. So I was particularly delighted to be able to come on and talk about what the media could do to help, I'm going to say small businesses, but business in general, in our community. It's interesting the way the media piles on business now when it comes to capitalism, making a profit. That's all you hear about instead of all the other stuff that goes on. What do you think about when you hear that? Well, when I hear that, I kind of block it out. Here's what I know. Right now, we have a number of issues that are facing business owners, big or small. We have supply chain, right? We have trying to find employees. And so if there was one message I could give, it would be, everybody take a breath. I mean, businesses are struggling. They're trying to come through on their commitments to their customers, but it's a challenge. You know, whether you go to a restaurant, there's a sign that says our hours have been shrunk from Tuesday to Thursday because we need more people. Or you go to a construction guy who said, I can't get windows for 16, 20 weeks. You know, everything is backed up. Everything is slowed down. I think this is, from a media perspective, it's a great opportunity to help our community by just saying, hey, everybody, hit pause, be respectful, listen to what this guy or woman is going through to get their business off the ground or reboot it and get started again. And why do you think the media makes it a bad thing for you to make a profit, for you to make money, for you to be wealthy? I have no idea because as a, as a community partner at the bank that I work at, as a community bank, my look at it is, you know, for example, the PPP loans. It was amazing. I mean, we did 1,500 PPP loans, about $150 million worth. And the way that the, new, the word spread about my bank, about Capital National Bank, about our bank, my team's bank, was word of mouth. And because of word of mouth, we wound up getting requests in from 30 states throughout the United States to help fulfill a PPP loan. And that was word of mouth. We weren't advertising or we weren't using media yeah, I get a couple. I was doing a lot of Zoom calls, mm -hmm. you know, tons of Zoom calls. But this stuff was just—it was just people talking. 
call their buddy, how's it going for you? And then their buddy calls their buddy, and then their buddy calls their other buddy. And before you know it, you're getting calls in from all over the place. It was, it was frenetic, it was crazy, the rules were constantly changing. But you know, we got in there every day in what do you call it, the aggregation of marginal gains. We all worked collectively together as best we could to find solutions and workarounds, and I believe we delivered to our customer base. So we in the media seem to overcover and, and, and some in the media chastise big business, but the folks that are really hurting, you don't hear the media talking about them, and that's small and middle-sized businesses. In the small and middle-sized businesses are the ones right now, they are the backbone of the United States. And these are the companies that really need the help. Right now, we've got startup businesses happening down in South Lansing. I just saw a nice one pop up in East Lansing. There's a lot of entrepreneurs trying to get their, you know, trying to launch their business. And I think they have great ideas. And again, I go back to, okay, from a media perspective, let's focus on those. You know, let's talk about the positives. It's easy to do clickbait, and I understand the math behind it, the economics behind it. But let's get together and really broadcast and talk about, okay, maybe this company's having a health fair or a, a hiring fair, or maybe there is a new business. We've got to get behind that, behind those companies and support it. And that's what I love about this show. From the past, Tony, what you and I have done, bringing on you know, a person's other customers to talk about their business, that's what media ought to be doing right now. We hear, we hear about the media constantly doing these negative stories. And in the past, if you went negative, 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 if you weren't uh, unbiased, if you didn't give all sides to every story, you lost viewers and you lost advertisers. Now that, that doesn't occur. People seem to watch, a lot of people watch the news or gravitate toward what they believe in. When we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. We're talking with Ed Harden, who is the president of Capital National Bank. You're listening to Media Business. This is the Michigan Business Network. Sonair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly. We're talking with Ed Harden, who is the president of Capital National Bank. We were talking about business and how the media covers business. And Ed, the point I was making in the last break, back in the day, you had to report all sides to every story, positive or negative. There wasn't any bias or there was very little bias in the news. Now, there's no question that there's a line drawn there, and a lot of folks who consume news now consume the news that aligns with what they believe. That's happening to small business and, 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 and mid-sized businesses. That's why we don't know their peril as much as we should, especially on the networks who don't cover that. What can we do to improve that, do you think? Well, I don't have an answer for the national news or for CNN or Fox, if that's who you're referring to. But I do know this. I'm going to bounce back to the pandemic. When we were doing Zoom calls, 
people want, you know, you'd watch the news on one show and it would say the PPP funds have dried up. You'd watch on another show and they'd say there's plenty left. People were confused. So having a vehicle like what you do here to get somebody in, and I'm going to call it neutral thinking because they're not biased in one direction and not, they're not trying to uphold ratings for a big network by making sensationalized stories out of things. Neutral thinking is what are the facts as we know it today? And the way that I cut through that was all the Zoom calls that I did during the, during the PPP stuff, it was more about, okay, here's what I know to be true now. There is X amount of money left. You still have time. Take a breath. Don't read headlines. You know, I'm working at it. I'm in the middle of it. And here's what I know to be true. It could change in 10 minutes. It probably will because things were evolving very quickly. But I think that's the value that your organization, associations, whether it's SBAM, and I'm going to leave some out. I apologize to everybody. But I know that during, during the time, the greatest concern for people, it was comforting to hear from somebody, whether, you know, whoever that might have been, a local person who was knee-deep in it, who knew what the facts were, and neutral thinking wasn't bending them to fit a narrative that they were predisposed to already do. One of the major principles about journalism I learned was from Tim Stout, and he would constantly tell me that, look, if you want people to listen or watch or read, you got to be local, 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 local. And it seems like we've kind of gotten away from that. There used to be, I, I've spoken with some folks who said there used to be a business beat, even with the Lansing State Journal and other magazines, where it wasn't fluff uh, stories uh, about those companies. It was real meaty, juicy business news. And we've kind of gotten away from that. And now I find if, if I want to read business news, I, I got to either go to Crane or the Wall Street Journal. It's hard to find really what's going on to stay ahead of the game. What, what do you do? Where do you get your business news from? You know, I have a number of sources that I look at, but, but primarily my business news comes from business people in our community. As Lansing's only community bank, as a community bank president, I take my role very seriously in putting my finger on the pulse of the, of the local economy. And so I'm dealing what I believe to be in facts. And I'm not searching for outside experts to tell me what's happening in my backyard. You know, we have our finger on the pulse of the business community here in town. And what do you tell a customer who comes into you after dealing with this pandemic for so long and I got to close up shop or I'm struggling here? How, what do you tell them? How do you help them? Well, we did a number of things, whether it was deferred payments or taking advantage of the PPP loans or the Main Street loans. There were a number of levers that we could pull to assist our customers. And I believe we did that incredibly efficiently and incredibly well. And so those were the things that, that we did. I saw a number of businesses pivot, you know, change. Restaurants got into, obviously, takeout orders. Some of the, of the other restaurants here in town were actually shipping pre-made meals with instructions. They survived. They were entrepreneurs. You know, they said, okay, this is, a, this is what we got. Let's go. We got to make a move. And they did it, and they did it successfully. And I commend everybody who's listening to this who's a small business owner for hanging in there, because it would have been really easy to say, I can't take any more, I'm done. Ed, tell me just from what you know, and I don't need exact numbers, but how many small and mid-sized businesses did we lose over this period point of time dealing with uh, COVID? I'm proud to tell you that in the customers that I deal with, zero. 
They hung in there. I'm not saying it was because of my assistance. I'm saying we were there as a business partner. And when we said, what can we do to help? And they told us generally within the boundaries that we have, we were able to do so. From, from what you heard, maybe from, from other business oh, folks were there, 40, 40, Let's talk about restaurants. Were there like 40 of them that went under during the pandemic? Uh, whether it was because of staffing or just shortages or whatever, it was, it was difficult. There's some golf courses we either did incredibly well and killed it or did impairly, you know, very poorly. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of across the board. It was, you know, it was hit and miss by industry. But again, I'm proud to say that the customers that we served at, at uh, Capital National Bank came through, you know, not without some scars, but they came through. Do you think that some of those businesses who maybe had to shut it down will come back? I hope so. A lot of good people out there. A lot of good people who just got caught in a bad, in a pinch. We're talking with the president of Capital National Bank, Ed Harden. I'm Tony Connolly. You're listening to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. to travel for fun and excitement, craving a relaxing getaway? No matter where you want to go or what you want to do, you can trust Dean Trailways to get you there. Our luxury motor coach lets you relax while you travel. No traffic to worry about, no parking fees, no hassle. Are you looking for some sizzling excitement this fall? Let Dean Trailways bring on the heat and take you to Firekeepers, Michigan's newest gaming hotspot. Experience the thrills of the slots, blackjack, craps, the live poker room, and indulge in the world-class restaurants, all while counting on Dean to bring you home safely. Dean Trailways of Michigan. Travel smart. And welcome back to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with the president of Capital National Bank, Ed Harden, who's been in the banking business as well as the sales business a long, long time. All right, Ed, are we are we past COVID now, or do we still have to get through this winter to to figure out what's going on? We're not past COVID. I don't know if we'll ever be past COVID. But I do know that collectively, we can get through it together. Uh, there's no crystal ball. I mean, anytime I try to make a projection, I learned a long time ago, particularly in the last few years, don't do it. I mean, we just got to take it day by day and play with the hand you're dealt for that day and keep moving forward. With uh, the current business climate, uh, and, and I don't want you to get political here, but what's the difference between now and two years ago? Everything. Everything. I mean, you look at... Again, and I've said it earlier, supply chain issues, hiring issues. Gosh, I read a stat the other day. It was like 40% of the people that currently have a job are willing to change jobs for whatever reason it may be. But there is going to be an astronomical amount of people changing jobs, particularly as you know, supply chain gets fixed and things start heating up. I think you're going to see a lot of movement. How much does local, state, and uh, national politics and politician dictate business? That's a really good. That's a really good question. I think that at a federal level, there, you know, I, I tip my hat to the government on the rapid turnaround to get the PPP funds deployed. Was it perfect? No, but was it was it done quickly and did it achieve the intended objectives for the most part? Absolutely, uh, and then. A, you know, at a local level, you know, you've got Andy Shore, who I know has been out there, and I see him every day. Here's a new business doing his part. 
I think uh, Governor Whitmer was dealt a tough hand to start her you know, gubernatorial role, walking into do we close things, don't we close things. I think that was very challenging. But again, I go back to this collectively. There's a lot of, a lot of really good people that want to do the right thing. And that's what we need to be focused on. Who are the people that are doing the right things? Who's helping their community? Who's helping other businesses? You know, how can we collectively raise the bar again for everyone? What can the media do to promote business, to have more accurate business news, to give business a fair shake? Interview. Talk to people. Talk to people who are in it, in it living it, do it every day, are experts in whatever their chosen field may be, and listen to them. Because there's no, you know, there, well, there's never no, but to me, I would be very surprised if people are going to couch their words based on their political leanings, whatever they may be. I think right now, everybody's more of a mindset, let's get through this. Let's get it together and let's help each other. And really, from a media standpoint, if I could say one thing, those would be the types of people and companies that I want to be talking to right now, because overall, once things get going, with the help of you know, people that are willing to get out on a limb and say, here's what I'm going to do to make a difference. Spotlight those. You know, the, the, the companies that took PPP loans that probably didn't really need them, okay, it happened. Move on. You know, there are some, some fraudulent activities that happened during the PPP stuff. Okay, well, that, you know, that happens when in Medicare. Often you see a fraud in Medicare, and that happens too. It's part of the game. But I will say this, getting that money back out in the economy supporting your local companies, that's what's critical right now. We've got to collectively come together and do that. The more we can support each other, the sooner we're going to be on the back end of this whole situation. Why do you think more businesses don't bank locally as opposed to going with the, the big national dog? Could be a combination of things. I mean, they could have, you know, satellite offices that need a, a big regional or a national, national uh, experience with a bank. But the one thing I would say is it's not a bad idea to work with two banks. You know, national banks have their niche. Community banks like Capital National Bank, we have our niche. And there's going to be times that we can excel and do things better than a big bank. And there are going to be certain things that a big bank can do better than a smaller community bank. That sounds like that George Perlis model that he used with the Motor City Bowl when people thought he was insane when he got Ford. Chrysler and GM to partner together to promote that bowl, which became a big deal now. Now, partnering folks in the same business to, to help customers? Well, my favorite coach Perlis was work hard and keep your mouth shut <laughs> and good things will happen. And there's nothing wrong with putting your knuckles in the ground and just hitting somebody. Mm -hmm. But that was George. Mm -hmm. But that's interesting that you could work with a competitor to help a customer and both of you do business. I think that's the mindset that needs to permeate business in general, is that we're here to serve our customer. And we want to serve our customer, and if that means me taking a pass and saying, hey, we could do it, but it's going to be done better over here, so be it. Because that person's going to remember it. That's a lot better than over-promising and under-delivering. I recently spoke with a business owner, and he had told me that his company, it's a national company, into Canada and Mexico a little bit, but how they had branches all over America. They've gotten rid of 25% of them since COVID. And another 50% coming up in 2022, they're going to get rid of. But the model of going out and getting face-to-face -face with the customer has not changed. Do you foresee business 
yes, uh, keeping up with that trend? I think that, you know, in general, you're seeing a lot of the bigger banks closing branches, and that's with the advancement of IT capabilities. You know, we have done that too. You know, we spent a lot of time, a lot of money going into improving our IT so we can accommodate people in various locations. But there's always going to, you know, again, I go back to, I think there's a need for a big bank and a little bank. And I think they can, you know, almost like when you look at a shark, because it was shark week a couple weeks ago. And, you know, those sharks have always got a little fish that swims right on top of it. It cleans the shark's back and feeds itself. Sometimes that's a role of a community bank is to be there. But at the end of the day, what's most important is taking care of your customer. And if you do that, whether it's short term or long term, you're going to realize returns are going to be very positive. Ed Harden is the president of Capital National Bank, based here in Lansing. Appreciate you, my friend. Yeah, great to see you again, Tom. You've been listening to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly. We will see you next time.